Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. How's the Big Ten feeling now? Cinderella refuses to leave the dance. Plus, what do all the latest NFL free agent moves mean for the top of the NFL draft? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Sister Jean is back at it again. Loyola Chicago upsets Illinois, the first number one seed to go down. And they were, of course, a trendy pick to make it, if not to the final four, all the way to the national title game. Joining me now, a man who made that very pick, Big Ten Ben himself, Ben Stevens, the host of Locked on Big Ten. And Ben, it wasn't just a loss for Illinois. It was a handling at the hands of Loyola Chicago. Peter, normally when you see an upset game, even if it's a eight versus a number one seed, you have a moment in the game where you think, okay, this upset is happening because this is the best game this lower seed has ever played in the NCAA tournament. That was not the case today. It was a complete slaughter, really, when you look at it, at the hands of Loyola Chicago being completely in the dominant fashion of that game for really all of it, the schemes, the execution, everything that Porter Moser and the Ramblers did. And you look at Cram, Cam Crutwig and what he did to Kofi Coburn in each and every level of that game today, Loyola Chicago was the better team. There was not an upset. That was a better team beating an inferior team today. And that's what happened between Loyola Chicago and Illinois. And it is a tough day if you are a man that calls yourself Big Ten Ben and a guy that has gone on for the past two months and said that Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten when they're playing at their best and the team that will deliver the Big Ten Conference its first national championship in over 20 years. It is a tough day. It did not happen today. And Loyola Chicago, you have to tip your cap when you recognize a team being at its best. And that was the Ramblers today. It was not a great week to be a Big Ten fan. Uh, You know, Wisconsin losing to Baylor, Purdue going down early. You had Rutgers. um, They're up late against Houston. Looks like they're going to balance out this this big upset from Illinois, and they choke down the stretch. Is there any reason to believe that maybe the Big Ten wasn't as good as we thought coming in, or is this just the tournament and how it goes? No, there's absolutely reason to believe the Big Ten was not as good as it was coming in. The Big Ten came into this NCAA tournament on pace to possibly be, historically speaking, based on the metrics, according to Kenneth Pomeroy, the best conference to ever play a single season in collegiate basketball history. And what we come down to here, Peter, is the idea that year after year, the Big Ten Conference is great throughout the regular season. They beat up on each other. We see great games played through the midweek on ESPN, on CBS, on Sundays. It's incredible theater within the Big Ten Conference. But when all is said and done, And at the end of the day, you are judged on your success in the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten has not got it done. It has been over 20 years since the Big Ten has won a national championship. There is legitimate credence to the idea that the Big Ten beats up on each other. It is great theater in the regular season. But when it comes to success, when it matters most in the month of March, the Big Ten does not get it done. Right now, as we stand, no Big Ten team has advanced to the Sweet 16. If you would have told me that 72 hours ago, I would have said you are a crazy person. But right now, it almost seems there's a possibility we only have one, maybe two teams at best into the Sweet 16 from the Big Ten Conference. So there is credence to it that the idea that the Big Ten this year is one of the greatest conferences in all college basketball history is a little bit inflated. 
And right now it seems that that idea is really coming past. And it's a very tough time, again, for a person that calls himself Big Ten Ben. Coming up, injury news shakes the NBA landscape. Plus, we get you caught up on the first day of the women's NCAA tournament. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Gators will inbound here. Scotty Lewis is going to throw it in. Lewis in the backcourt takes the basketball, gets it into Trey Mann, and the clock starts. Mann will bring it across the timeline into the front court. Locke sets a screen out front. Mann dribbling over to the left side. Mann looking for room. Step back three from the wing. Around it off, no good. Fight for the rebound underneath. Lewis has it. Turns, fires a three from the right corner. That's an air ball. Rebound tip. Still loose inside. It's over. It's over. Oral Roberts wins. Oral Roberts is going to the Sweet 16. 81-78, the final score. The 15 seed is among the final 16 remaining. What a game, what an effort by the Golden Eagles. They knocked out Ohio State in the first round and now have knocked off Florida. Oral Roberts, 81, Florida, 78. The Golden Eagles players are celebrating on the floor. The Gators dejectedly walk to the locker room. Cinderella is alive and well in 2021. Cinderella is indeed live and well. That was Westwood One and the NCAA Radio Network's call of Oral Roberts' upset win over the University of Florida, their second major upset of the weekend after taking down the two-seed Ohio State in the round of 64. Next up, they'll try not to turn into a pumpkin against the three-seed Arkansas. Buddy Beheim carried his Hall of Fame father, Jim, and the 11-seeded Syracuse Orange back into the Sweet 16. Beheim scored 22 of his 25 points after halftime to lead the Orange past third-seed West Virginia 75-72 on Sunday. It's so fun. I mean, I got a chip on my shoulder, like I said, every day. And coming into this game, uh, no matter what happens, I'm just going to keep playing. And uh, we've already proved so many people wrong, so why not keep going? And, you know, I struggled early on, but once I got going, I made sure that, you know, I was going to let my team go know that, you know, I'm, I'm here now and I'm going to keep going and just let me, you know, create, make plays. And uh, credit to my teammates for getting me going. They always believe in me, and there's no, no better feeling than having uh, teammates and coaches that believe in you. So I'm just having fun now, and uh, why not keep going? If you went to bed early last night, don't let the final score fool you. The 12-seed Oregon State and 4-seeded Oklahoma State came down to the final minute 
before Oregon State ran away to an 80-70 win. Charlotte Hornets guard LaMelo Ball, the NBA's frontrunner for Rookie of the Year, is expected to miss the remainder of the season with a fractured right wrist. The Hornets announced Sunday evening that Ball underwent an MRI and an initial diagnosis revealed a fractured bone in the wrist. The team said Ball would be listed as out indefinitely and that additional updates would be provided when available. The newest member of the Brooklyn Nets made his debut last night. Adam here with the Locked On Nets podcast following a bounce back win for Brooklyn. Obviously the Nets now winners of 15 to 17. The debut of Blake Griffin. You can read into the numbers if you want to. Two points over 15 minutes with two rebounds, but none bigger than the official first dunk in over 400 and whatever days, however you want to slice it. It's a nice preview of what Blake Griffin's role can be. Contributor, not going to be a superstar like he was once upon a time, but the sample size is really good in support of it. But at the end of the day, another W, back on the hot streak, and a little glimpse at what maybe could be for Blake Griffin on the Brooklyn Nets roster. Here is another story you need to know. Day one of the women's NCAA tournament kicked off Sunday in Texas. And Eric Ayala from Locked On Women's Basketball joins us now to recap it. Erica, the thing about Sunday was we got a mostly chalk day. Yes, mostly chalk and uh, good to be back with you, Peter. But that's what we usually see in the women's bracket. Of course, we have seen first and second round upsets, but more often than not, we tend to go along with uh, how the seeding works. And I guess the closest that we got to something was uh, that Georgia Tech game. They really had to earn it down the stretch. Um, and But they do advance and will play West Virginia in the second round. It's hard not to look forward, as you mentioned. You know, there there are some some heavyweights here that are that are getting set to to take on uh, one another further down the line. I think Baylor is is a team that certainly we have to take into account. They score a hundred points in, in this round, and they have Connecticut uh, on their side of the bracket. It, it is it is really exciting to think about a, a matchup that we could be getting there. Oh, absolutely. Baylor, you've got um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Iowa, Syracuse, all in that same side of the bracket. So yes, that all the more reason that uh, once we get to the regional round, things are going to get really interesting. I'm glad we started with the basketball, but we, we do have to talk a little bit about some of the pictures that came out over the weekend um, the disparity in the weight room setup between the men's side and the women's side, the food, the men's side and the women's side. Now the NCAA um, came out with a, a half-hearted statement, I suppose, is is the most diplomatic way to put it. Um, some changes were made. What was your impression of the original problem and then the NCAA's response to it? Unfortunately, my reaction to the original problem was far from shocked or surprised. Um, You know, we have seen this was the the chalk outcome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This was the chalk outcome. Um, We've seen um, frozen fours where the women's champion was given the wrong um, 
the wrong championship gear and they were given championship gear from the men's championship the year before. So uh, we've seen that there's been a lack of investment, even despite uh, conversations of title nine and equity in sports. So unfortunately that was not surprising. Um, (laughs) Neither was the response. I mean um, the excuse that there wasn't enough space or that once we got to the, the rounds of 16, that there would be more available. Well, uh, great that I guess, but there are more teams now than there there would have been or there there will be in in the round of sixteen. So the the time to get more equipment in is probably now. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's not surprising for those who work in and around women's sports. And I am very glad that athletes and other staff took it upon themselves to bring this to the attention of media not on site. What do all of the latest NFL moves mean for the top of the NFL draft? The Q of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And you know what we're doing by now. There is this Built Bar bracket challenge going on. Today we've got coconut versus birthday cake. This is a no doubter. Birthday cake is the winner. I love all the coconut stuff that they do. Built Bar is is killing it with the coconut, um, but the birthday cake is next level, and and they have elevated their game. Some of the some of the names left in here. I mean, you've got coconut coconut puff, you've got chocolate chip cookie chunk, you've got churro puff. I mean, some of these these flavors are just they've really outdone themselves with them. So go let your voice be heard. A lot of fun with this whole bracket challenge. You go to their website. BuiltBar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter and let us know what you think. Plus, when you use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off. You guys, they had to change the promo because you were buying so many Built Bars. And I hear from everyone, oh, these things are great. Now it's 15%. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. We're about a week through the NFL offseason and plenty of marquee players are changing teams to help us figure out how that affects what's going on with the NFL draft from the Draft Dudes podcast and Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs joins me now. And Kyle, uh, what moves that we've seen over over the last few days have you thinking differently about how teams are going to approach the top of the draft here in a couple weeks? Yeah, obviously one of the the big headlines was that the New England Patriots are not messing around. Where they came out, <laughs> right. and they signed a ton of guys, bunch of offensive weapons between Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and those tight all three of those guys really got paid like big time money. So New England seems to be a team that you look at the direction that they're moving you get the indication that they might be all in on a big splash. And maybe that's the impression they want to leave you with while they have some other master plan at play. Uh, But the Patriots retaining Cam Newton on a one-year incentive-laden deal, uh, there may be something in the cards here as far as some kind of transition, whether that's trading up for Justin Fields of Ohio State or something else. But that's the one that immediately jumps off the page at you. When you kind of review all the transactions, New England being as aggressive as they've been uh, has really set them up to go get a young quarterback and and hopefully not just be a team that finds success in 2021, but can extend their winning window beyond that with a hit. 
There's also a, a loaded receiver draft. Uh, maybe not quite as good as last year, but you you get a team like Miami, who you know is a popular spot for a guy like Jamar Chase in mock drafts. Um, they go out and and they make a splash in free agency. The the Giants go out and they get Kenny Galladay. How are you thinking now about the receiver part of this? Because there still are a lot of really talented guys, and they're probably going to go early because that's what happens with receivers. Yeah, it it almost gives you the same impression of what we got last year in which we talked about how good the wide receiver class was. And then the first one, I think, came off the board at 11 to the Raiders yep. with Henry Ruggs. So do I think we'll see all of these guys, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and the, the fall out of the top 10? No, I, I still think there's enough of a market here between Cincinnati at five, signing Riley Reef and, and having Jonah Williams at the other tackle spot. Is that enough of a justification for them to say, yeah, we know we need offensive line help, but we'd really like to reunite Jamar, Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Detroit Lions, who watched most of the top receivers off their depth chart go sign somewhere else this offseason. They don't have a lot of bodies, like you mentioned, the Dolphins. So I, I think you'll probably see one of these three tumble a little bit uh, outside the top 10, top 12. Uh, New York really making a move with Kenny Galladay and also signing John Ross has opened them up a lot. I think they might be a good spot to maybe look at Aziz Ojolari. They've got all these good interior defensive linemen and not a lot of pass rush presence off the edge. So they've been a team that's been tied to kind of that wide receiver three off the board to make a floor of 11. If the Giants go a different direction, then you may see wide receiver three kind of lingering into the teens. And finally, if you were too busy ripping up your brackets this weekend, LeBron James suffered a high ankle sprain on Saturday and is out indefinitely for the Los Angeles Lakers. James exited the Lakers' 99-94 loss to the Atlanta Hawks in the first half after Solomon Hill collided with his right ankle. James knocked over a chair in frustration on his way to the locker room and received x-rays and an MRI on the ankle after the game. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Tuesday, more madness, more upsets, more incredible finishes. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.